0: Kenny, we are back. It's been a little while since we've done this podcast thing.
1: Yeah, it's just good to get back into it, dig into the Word.
0: Yeah, so today uh, we're gonna dig into Jacob, um, continuing our study of the patriarchs. Which um, there's a lot to cover with Jacob. He's kind of he's kind of spread out, I mentioned a good bit. So I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's actually it's pretty overwhelming because it there is such sh- you know strong um, meaning behind his life and and just like you said it's spread out. There's a lot to cover, but um, I know we're not gonna be able to cover it all. So hopefully this will be kind of an in- inspiring you know look at it that might spur people's thoughts on uh, maybe to look at it a little deeper themselves.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I hope that folks will go to com and, and share some more things that they've studied with it. Um, but like always, it's good for us to start out and kind of share our purpose behind the podcast is to simply show that, you know, we the two of us have been studying it and praying that God would reveal it. And um, we're not using any commentaries or anything else, not saying anything's wrong with those things, but we're just kind of coming together asking questions and asking God to open our eyes and reveal it to us. And, um, and that's kind of how we approach it. And he continues to teach, to teach us and, um, show us more depth all the time. And I know that it's important for us to make sure that people listening understand that we believe that you can do the exact same thing, that if they were to meet you and I, they'd be really surprised that we could even read much less understand some of this stuff.
1: Yes, especially you. I'm just saying. I mean
0: Yeah, well I guess at some point we'll get to studying grace and encouraging of your brother. <laughs> Alright, so let's dig into it. Um I guess we should start with um probably one of the more popular stories about Jacob. With uh from his, his very beginning. Now, I guess really we should start before his beginning. When he's still in the womb.
1: Yeah. um, When Rebecca, let me say it right, because I want to say Rachel, when Rebecca uh, is having uh, a lot of pain and she goes to inquire of the Lord and um, she gets a, a prophecy, a word from God about what's going on. And in Genesis 25, verse 23, the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger.
0: Right, so I have underlined in my Bible, you know, right off the bat, the older will serve the younger. Um. Of course, there's a, there's a lot to all that. So we know that, that each of them are considered a nation and a people. and They're going to be separated, and one's going to be stronger than the other. And by the end of it, we know that we can assume that the stronger will be the younger.
1: Yeah, when you look at the overall um, outcome of what takes place, it's I mean, it's, it's clear that Jacob overcomes. But in the beginning, it it appears that Esau would be the stronger one. I don't know. I mean, Jacob, Esau's the hunter. You know, Jacob's kind of quiet, just just like by our standards of what we would see. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, it is interesting that this starts off with the older will serve the younger. So whatever we see take place, um, with Jacob and Esau will be a fulfillment of what God has planned
0: right yeah and I think that we'll come back to that a lot uh, for folks to see because a lot of times there's some things that um, that we're just going to try to look at in the story of Jacob and go let, let's let let the scriptures show it and uh, but yet just looking at it quick glance people say gosh you know they would he would appear to be um, something that he's not but if you put it into the context of the simple fact that this is God telling Rebecca the way it's going to be um, is is pretty profound and we have to keep that in mind um, without getting too much into the whole I mean it's obviously prophecy what I think is great to, to look at starting off here too is the fact that you know Rebecca was barren and Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of her, and then God answered. And then, when she started having trouble, she went to the Lord. So it's kind of kind of cool to see that too.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely to see that um, prayer the effect the effectiveness and the response from God.
0: Another thing I think is important for us to keep in mind, um, and there's a timeline on the website, we put it up a while ago, but um, for the first 15 years that Jacob and his brother Esau are alive, so is Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac.
1: Right, right, which which uh, I, I think really gives it, um, when you bring that up, you know, a lot of dimension into the uh, even picturing this taking place. It's easy just to look at these narratives in Genesis as just linear and and single. You know, you're focused on one individual, but to think about what you just said about how they're all all those people are alive, you know, in the general area is uh, really kind of fascinating.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, one thing, since we're on this, we're talking about the spot of uh, of their birth. After that prophecy, um, the uh, Esau is born, and, and then Jacob's born. And uh, Jacob, in verse 26, after his brother came out uh, with his hand grasping Esau's heel, uh, oh wait, yep, uh, Jacob came out grasping Esau's heel. In verse 26, says so he was named Jacob. Um, I just want to point that out because, it, you know, tradition, and you see every, in a lot of places that Jacob means liar or deceiver, and I mean, the scripture, when you follow the chronological narrative of his birth, he's grasping his heel. He's not deceiving or lying. He's, it's, he's struggling, and, and it's, uh, it, it actually, the, Jacob means he grasps the heel, um, when you look it up,
0: right? And I mean that, and we have to realize it. Like this is this is long before all these traditions that would say, well, because I my Bible actually says, you know, it has a little footnote it says Jacob means gras he grasped the heel, which makes sense because that's what the Bible just told us. And then in parentheses it says figuratively he deceives, which is ridiculous.
1: Right. I mean, I. I don't I, I don't know where they get that from, but looking at the scriptures straight up, I don't see I don't see any reason to, you know, hold on to that. Yeah. This the deceives part.
0: So, um it goes on, you know, we, we then we jump right ahead to them being, you know, grown boys, and Esau becomes a skillful hunter, he's a man of the open country, and Jacob is a quiet man and he stays among the tents. And the scriptures tell us in verse 28, Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Um, so then we get to this story, starting in 29, that a lot of people are familiar with. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, some of your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Pretty interesting story, um, which is even, I hadn't thought about it too much before now, but it's kind of interesting that we know what's going to happen later and there's going to be some some cooking and stew involved so but we'll get to that in its own right but um so a lot of people look at this and Jacob's kind of drugged through the mud like why would he why would he do that but to me and what we'll see in the scriptures um is that Esau doesn't think too much of his birthright
1: right um Yeah. And and I mean, you know, once again, make the point that uh, we're not saying Jacob is without sin or perfect um, in even any of these stories or uh, in his life. But no. Yeah. But I mean, it it just, I guess we're, we're kind of kicking against the fact that like these kind of stories here have been used by so many in sermons and stuff I've heard that They'll repeat this stuff and say and if and if God can use a liar like that, he can use you and I just don't think that's the purpose of these stories and and we you know we know why because there's so much depth in them um, in this account I, I think the verse to look the lenses to look at this is the very last one that says that so Esau despised his birthright yeah and 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 later on Esau's going to say that this was a deception from Jacob, but I mean, looking at the story, it's clear that Esau um, made his decision uh, for the appetite of his stomach. Yeah. and You know what I I just thought of? um, It's interesting that this is about, you know, Esau says, I'm about to die, what good is it to me? And the birthright I believe would include the blessings uh, which I think you know can be seen later on when when what takes place Uh, and the blessings you know are are the promises given to Abraham and Isaac um, that that they receive the land as an eternal possession or or everlasting possession and and so on Um, that these blessings this birthright is not uh, limited by life and death It it's for God to be their God so I I don't know I mean I think we can kind of see in Esau's mentality there that Esau's strictly looking at uh, the physical things that his father has um, I don't know if we could you know flip it and see what Jacob's looking at but it, it's strictly a physical thing to him
0: yeah and I think we see that we'll see that even more in Esau's character respect especially when him and Jacob Come to join back each other again and he, you know, he embraces him and he seems to be totally cool with doing that because he's like, I already have, he has a lot of things. Um, but right, right. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a key verse in the, in the new Testament, um, for this that's in Hebrews. Um, and it says, uh, it's Hebrews 12 verse 16 See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. So the scriptures themselves say, "Look, there wasn't deception here; he sold it for the stew for a single meal. He sold all of his rights as the oldest son."
1: Yeah, and and that's not even presenting it as uh to to keep himself alive. It just calls it a single meal, right? Like one of many.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which Oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, say it's, it's it's uh seems pretty clear-cut to me, but
1: Yeah, and it and it makes me think uh and not that that Esau could ever uh do what Christ did, but but we're going to see this type thing again um with Christ, you know, fasting in the desert for 40 days and Satan tempts him to turn the stones into bread. And and essentially, if he were to give in to that temptation, he would be using um, his inheritance for a meal, for one single meal to turn the stones to bread and eat it. Uh, His inheritance would be, you know, what he came, the lost sheep of Israel and and such. Uh, Because obviously, if he was tempting him, then it would have been a sin. And if he gave in to it, then nothing he did from that point on would have fulfilled scripture. Right. Cause he was without sin. Um, it, it's just an interesting thing to see that this takes place again later, but yet he overcomes, um, obviously, and he's our savior because of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, the next time we see the interaction between these two is in in uh, chapter twenty seven. Um, I don't know if we should read the whole thing or just kind of summarize it. Um, you want to summarize kind of the next part, and then we can just read some of the meat in it.
1: Yeah. Um, so this this happens when isaac it says that he was old and his eyes were were weak so he could no longer see uh... So he calls for esau to uh... tell him that he doesn't know uh... how many more days he's going to be alive so he so he wants to give him his blessing but then he does something interesting by telling him go and hunt some game cook it bring it back here and let me eat so i can give you my blessing so uh... Rebecca, I keep wanting to get them mixed up, Rebecca overhears this, and so she gets Jacob and says what what she overheard, uh, and tells him to go get some goats and, in, and to, uh, so basically, to basically cook the food, go in and, and, uh, disguise himself as Esau to get the blessing, um. Um, orienting myself Jacob uh, said to Rachel uh, but Esau is a hairy man and I am a man of smooth skin what if my father touches me I would appear to be tricking him and bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing Uh, Rebecca says let the curse fall on me and so they do this and uh, they do succeed in tricking Isaac um, into giving him the blessing and when Esau gets back, you know, he's furious Esau's furious to find out what took place. That's a short summary. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh this is this is actually um the the one part I think that people see and about like what Jacob does. And they overlay it over his whole life to bring about this total deceiver, um, character in him.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I know looking at it, you know, my first thought is, okay, Rachel, Rachel knows what God told her, but even the scriptures here, um, show that he deceived, they do deceive Isaac, um, But what's interesting is that doesn't negate, um, I think the piece that is often forgotten is like Isaac gives the blessing to Jacob and the blessing, when he blesses him, he says starting in verse 27, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of heaven's dew and of earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. And nations serve you, and peoples bow down to you. Be lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. And if even in this this moment of kind of this this trickery or trickery uh, that occurs, um, the blessing is still true, and it, right. and it still applies to him, and it fits into what God said. Um, it would happen earlier and and oftentimes when this is like you said kind of overlaid on Jacob's life um, and they ignore the character that we see in him that we'll discuss here in a bit, they leave out the whole the whole main part that you know Isaac, who has the same God, who the blessing comes through as it did Abraham, and what all that means for showing us you know Christ who would come, um, it just kind of gets forgotten. Uh, which is quite amazing, really. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, this—you—you you can't mistake this. This is definitely the—the the words that were spoken to Abraham when he was told to leave his country and his his people. The the fact that those you curse will be cursed and those you bless will be blessed. I mean, he—the blessing that is given to us that is spoken to Jacob, at least here, is not here. You have all the sheep. Or or whatever. I mean, this is a very spiritual. This this is the, basically we're seeing the gospel and eternal life being passed on.
0: Right, and it's not it's not a will, right? Like you're saying. I mean, it's right. Not, and even in Hebrews uh, chapter eleven verse twenty says that Isaac did this by faith. It says by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. Um, and, and that's a heavy chapter. I mean, it's, it's kind of not even justice to pull that one piece out of there, but you know, that's a good one for people to go read. We've referenced it before, but it lays out how through faith, you know, all these, these patriarchs and whatnot did these things. Um, but you know, it's, the blessing was meant for Jacob and that's why it happened that way.
1: And I think with the verses that you read before about, um, Esau being godless, Mm hmm. God, I mean, godless, without God, you know, just rejecting God. And he despised his birthright. So, therefore, how could he be a field that the Lord is blessed? And, and, I, and now God sends rain. I take that back because God sends rain on the wicked just as well as he does the good. That's his sovereignty. But what, goes, what keeps going on down here is, May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be lord over your brothers and may your sons of your mother bow down to you. Well, the ultimate fulfillment of that is Christ. Um, It is His reigning power. You know that this this blessing that is being passed on from Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to the one that God chooses for it to be passed on to, which is Jacob, is going to be totally fulfilled in Christ. Which I know that I mean something to think about is the fact that. He's a field that the Lord has blessed, and 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 Christ comes, you know, as the sower sowing the seed in the field and stuff. But that I know that's kind of much. Uh, well, I
0: mean, his name changes to Israel, and it's the land which stands for, you know.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, Israel. Um,
0: he's going to have abundance of grain and new wine. I mean, that's there's a lot to that.
1: Yeah. So this is, I, I mean, you know, what we're talking about here is the fact that. Um, Jacob is not uh, spearheading this, and Rebecca is not making this happen. It's God doing this. He's choosing the one that the blessing will will go to because Isaac is in a moment of weakness. He's blind um, physically, but also, you know, I don't... um, I don't look down on him for trying to give the blessing to Esau because he loves Esau. Esau's his son. You know, it'd be like us trying to give a blessing to Esau. I, I'm sure he loves Jacob too. I know he does, but Esau was the firstborn. It, it's just the way that it, the tradition worked, but God doesn't go by tradition. He goes by the one he chooses. Right. right. Um,
0: yeah. 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 And it's kind of interesting because you're going to see that throughout the scriptures that, through tradition um you know uh, you know priests and different rabbis and whatnot are going to think that they have it figured out um but they're kind of missing the point right you know so it's kind of kind of
1: interesting and 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 one thing to think about is what would happen if he didn't pass the blessing on clearly to one of the sons and he died um the fact that they were twins you know who what kind of strife may that cause? I'm not saying that he was totally thinking clearly here, but I'm just saying there there's many aspects to look at in this. How about the part- oh go ahead
0: well, and I think on top of that too, it's just to realize that like Isaac like feels for um for Esau um like, he seems to have, like, a hesitation in just giving the blessing, and it's, I mean, part of that is, oh, yeah, it's it's very serious to him, but at the same time, you know, he's, I don't know, there's, there's just seems, I don't know if it seems to be hesitation, or if he just, well, that's, and that could be reading, you know, it's, it, I'm speculating a little bit, because uh, Jacob is not able, I mean, Isaac isn't really able to see, so I guess the next thing you would do is, after hearing, is want to touch, so...
1: Why? Why the, You bring up a good point in that, though. Why the formality of of go and get me some tasty game? You know, if he doesn't know the days of his death, it could be that very day he dies. Um, and, and I, I know if we had others here, they would say, well, it could have been their cultural tradition, but I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, why is he asking for food so that so that he may give him his blessing? Yeah. Which is going back to what you said before. You you kind of hinted at it. Uh, just the irony that that Esau sold his birthright, which obvi- the blessing is obviously wrapped up in that, for food. It, and Isaac is now having him go get food to give him to eat, so that he may give it to him. And I don't I don't really know how to sum that up and whatever that means, but. Um, I I think it's definitely ironic, at at the least. Yeah. I do want to point out one uh, one more part is that when Re- Rebecca now now we we can look at Rebecca and Jacob and and what they did. Um, Jacob is afraid of deceiving his father. Rebecca is afraid of Esau getting the blessing,
0: and she's not yeah. afraid for the, to take the responsibility for it before God. Either
1: no, she's not, and, and and so one could say, well, does she truly understand God? Well, she's the one who went to inquire of the Lord about the boys, right? Yeah, so she was in pain, and she had enough faith to go and, and ask God, and she got the the you know this this uh prophecy this well the answer and and there's another part to this is that um you get one more detail in the story when when rebecca repeats it back to jacob uh let me see oh in verse 6 she says look i overheard your father say to your brother esau bring me some game and prepare it or prepare me some tasty food to eat so that i may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord, before I die, um, and uh, okay, so that I guess the, the point of that is that Isaac said that he knows that this is going to be in the presence of the Lord that he's doing it. Um, Rebecca knows the Lord, and she knows it's in the presence of the Lord um. And I think this comes to a head it, with Isaac after Esau comes to him, and in verse thirty-two, his father Isaac asked him, "Who are you?" "I am your son," he answered. "Your firstborn, Esau," which is hilarious. He not that he's Esau, but I'm your firstborn, Esau. <laughs> oh um, yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, Thirty-three. I'm it your says, your
0: firstborn, hairy son, Esau. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm not that other guy, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in verse 33, uh, Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. So, so I mean, it's the part that he, and indeed he will be blessed. Because I think he knows he did it before the presence of the Lord. He knew the Lord was there. He was still in touch with the Lord.
0: You know what? You know what else, Kenny is. He doesn't get. It's not answered. Like I mean, I mean, you know, he does say that he. Oh yeah. He right. does say that he. He, you know, it's the voice. What is it? Um, you know. Uh,
1: oh. It's the uh, voice
0: of my son Jacob, but the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. But in this instance that you're talking about. He he trembles violently. I ate it just before you came in. I bless him, and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, "Bless me, me too, my father." But he said, "Your brother came to see you your blessing." He, I mean, he he knows right away, even though he asks.
1: Yeah, and, and if it was deceitfully, then why couldn't he just retract it? I think he actually, in the first few times I read this kind of just without actually digging into it, just with what I've learned from listening to the world and stuff, was when Isaac trembled violently. When I look at it now, I think he's afraid. He's not afraid of Jacob. He's not afraid of uh, Esau. He's afraid because he's in the presence of the Lord. And I think he realizes he was about to do something contrary to the will of God. And that's why he says, and indeed he will be blessed. Now I know that, you know, that, that's interpretation, the, the trembling violently. Um, well, looked... I'm sorry. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I, I mean, interrupt you there. Uh, well, I guess I didn't mean to. Um, Esau, so Esau responds, you know, isn't he the named Jacob? He has deceived me these two times, which, you know, we know he didn't deceive him the first time. He didn't deceive him even the second time. He deceived his father he took right. my birthright and now he's taken my blessing <coughs> then he asked haven't you reserved any blessing for me like Isaac doesn't respond to Esau's claims of deception he just goes on to explain more truth I've made him lord over you I've made all his relatives his servants and I've sustained him with grain and new wine so it's I, I agree with you I think we, if we look at what the scriptures show us in Isaac's response and what's going on he does know he's before the Lord and I think it, it quickly in that moment he realized that God's sovereign over this and it, it is the way it is and that's the way it's supposed to be. In some right. way, you know.
1: And I think that would be going back to when Rebecca inquired of the Lord. Sure. Um it, it, they said that uh uh what did it say? Oh, uh and the older will serve the younger. And and this this um this is you can look at this, you know, I know people look at it different ways. This is either a prophecy of the Lord looking into the future to see what was going to take place, or the way I think, and I know the way you think, the Lord was going to orchestrate this. This is the Lord saying what he is going to do with these two boys.
0: Right. And we know in the scriptures called Esau godless, I believe, and on top of that, that his parents see That Esau, they see a difference, um, which doesn't mean they don't love them. They obviously love them. Uh, We see it. We know that it tells us that they love them. We know that Jacob, uh, I mean that uh, Isaac is showing this, and we know that Rebecca does in the way that she wants to protect both of them. um, Here in a minute with Esau's, you know, um, way in which he's going to console himself. But back before chapter twenty-seven, we learn that Esau has already started to marry. And in verse 34 of chapter 26 says, When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Beri the Hittite, and also Bezamath, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. So I also believe that they realize that there's definitely a difference in their sons. I mean, if one of your sons is godless, and he's marrying women, you know, that you don't approve of, and then your other son, you know is obviously fearful of god because he he is hesitant like you said and then but and has not yet married this is kind of kind of interesting piece another you know interesting piece to that puzzle i think of that i don't know if that makes sense but
1: well yeah it, it does because what we're going to see here is um is jacob i mean from here on the dude is, is a rock and i know we're going to get into it but it's kind of jumping ahead but we we see what takes place here and then his parents tell him, "Don't marry here go go to uh your your mother's family and he does and then he goes there and he he serves laban and we're going we'll get into that but anyway, the point is is that you know jacob jacob's character is is above your average guy, and he's not perfect, and he didn't receive the blessing because he was perfect it absolutely not we we don't receive blessings from God because we're worthy of them that, you know, it, but, but he is a very, very strong character. Uh, I I would say he's one to look up to when, when you go on to read how he faithfully served the people before him.
0: Sure. So, um, so an interesting piece here that I know we don't want to skip over is that, you know, Esau's response is, haven't you reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answers him, I have made him lord over you, and have made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. When he grows restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. So there's obviously a parallel there between the blessing given to Jacob. A lot of the same language. The earth's richness, the dew of heaven, um, servanthood. The difference is it's exactly the opposite. Right. It's exactly the opposite. And um, in that verse um, in Hebrews 12 that we referenced before. It's going to take me a second to find it again. Um, Let's see here. It's in Hebrews twelve,
1: isn't it? Um,
0: godless like Esau.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It says in verse sixteen, "See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who, for single male, sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears."
1: Yeah, and I've heard that. No, I don't want to interrupt your thought. Were you going to say something else about no, that? No, go ahead. I knew, I, I
0: knew you had something on that, so I just was kind of leading into it.
1: Okay, well, well, my first thought about that was I've heard that actually um talked about like, you know, why if he's seeking it with tears so, like kind of like why doesn't God why can't he get it? I mean, he's seeking it with tears, but I think the point behind that is he's not repenting. He's not he's not seeking, he's not um repenting of what he did, selling it, and everything. He's just seeking the stuff. Does that make sense? He's seeking the blessing with tears.
0: Right, right.
1: And and I think we can see that because he does that. And then the next verse, after what you said Isaac said to him, is when he, uh, in verse 41, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob.
0: Which is like, it's like the stamp on this to show the, the true heart of Esau.
1: Yeah, and, and you uh, reading that, what, what Esau was told, makes me remember something came up in, in Bible study, the men's group um, that we were a part of. And when you look at these two, what was spoken to Jacob side by side with Esau, the one part that's missing in Esau's is, it, now, now see, well, let me end with, with the last part of, of Esau's, but when you grow restless, you will throw your yoke from off your neck, which would align with what was told to Jacob about be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. But then in Jacob's it says, may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Well, the next verse in Esau's is that he plans on killing his brother.
0: Right.
1: He curses him. Yeah. It's like that's the one part that's missing from his, but there, again, it's not missing because he plans on killing his brother. It's just an interesting, you know, parallel there.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, (coughs) that's— Sorry. In, and I don't, I don't have a lot to offer with it, other than there are a lot of parallels between what happens with Isaac and Ishmael and Jacob and Esau, because um, Ishmael re- still receives um, a prophecy and a blessing, um, and in, in you know, in the physical way, he was also the firstborn. Um, yet the blessing came through Isaac, who I know was Sarah's you know actually came from the womb of Sarah, wound of Sarah but there's some interesting parallels there i think um with the whole blessing and birthright and older and and younger
1: if you want to look into that um and i i know we're not going to have time probably but it there there is and i when i say you i mean anybody listening i know you've looked at it Brian. um we've talked about this in galatians and and i think i i think Isaac and Ishmael very much do do parallel Jacob and Esau, um, but reading Galatians and Hebrews chapter uh, Romans chapter nine mm-hmm. um, is a very important one to look at too.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, well let's let's press. So he 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 does curse his brother, and then which uh, what we kind of alluded to earlier, we get this this response by Rebecca. Who once again is kind of orchestrating what's going on and seems to kind of discern. And she hears it. Um, you know, and she tells Jacob that his brother is consoling himself with the thought of killing him. So then he asks, she asks him to flee to her brother, Laban and Haran. And then we get that, and, and she says that she'll send word to him to come back. Um, why should I lose both of you in one day? and and then Rebecca says to Isaac I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women which we know Esau has already married two, and his parents didn't like it but Rebecca seems to approach Isaac and make that statement and so Isaac decides to send Jacob which Rebecca already had kind of, you know, she kind of orchestrates it which is interesting um, yeah
1: yeah, and I, I, you know, I mean, I don't think we could ever. I mean, some might grasp the the pain that's probably going through this, the them as a family right now as well, because obviously Rebecca uh, loves Esau be, too, because she says I I I don't want to lose both of you in one day. Right. I, I mean, so she's feeling that she has lost her other son, but I think she still did what she thought was prudent. Um, in the presence of the Lord, and and just like you said, she she is a big player in this of of orchestrating this, and and the fact that the Hittite women are, are uh, you know you might look at it like oh she's she doesn't she doesn't like her daughter in laws, but these people had despicable practices. I mean, it'd be like you're if you had a, a son you loved and he married women who that those people sacrificed their children. To false gods, mm-hmm. you, you know. I mean, I mean, the depth of it is far greater than um, just a, a, a casual dislike. You know. You know what I mean? If that, yeah. it was very important.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you. Yeah, that's, that's a good point.
1: So Jacob listens to his father and mother and does that. Right. He goes and
0: finds a wife there, and and Abraham gives him more of a blessing, saying. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. A lot of parallel language there. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so you may take possession of the land where you now live as an alien, the land God gave to Abraham. So yeah, he he goes, and uh, an interesting piece here too is that Esau learns of Isaac and the, blessed, uh, the blessing that he gave Jacob and that he commanded him not to marry a Canaanite woman and then it says Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and had gone to Padamaram, and Esau didn't realized how displeasing the Canaanite women were to his father Isaac, so he went to Ishmael and married um, one of his daughters.
1: Yeah, he just didn't get it, did he? <laughs> it's just, yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, did he get it or did he do it to be spiteful? I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. An I mean, get that's thrown in there, you know. So now you've got, now you've got the true merging of these two. Um that didn't receive that that blessing. It's kind of-
1: right. And one thing you pointed out was that um, when you do the math, Ishmael is still alive. So when it says he went to Ishmael, it's not he went to Ishmael people. I think he really went to Ishmael.
0: Yeah, because uh, we know he's about 40 at this point, and Ishmael uh, dies when Esau and Jacob are 63. Um, because And the reason I know that is... Um, in genesis twenty five seventeen, we learn that ishmael dies at the age of 137 and we know that he was 74 when they were born so very okay. very interesting
1: yeah it just uh that gives it some dimension when you think about it
0: yeah i'd love to have been a fly on the wall and see what kind of conversations came up between those two yeah <laughs> all right so uh so yeah so um So now we've got Jacob has gone back to the land of his mother.
1: Well, there's a lot of interesting stuff that (laughs) happens in between there. (laughs) It's like, uh, and the thought of just setting off into the desert, like at the spur of the moment, the guy stops somewhere to sleep and he puts his head on a rock. This is
0: the same guy who lived among the the tents and was a quiet man. Yeah. For him to venture out and leave like this is a big deal. I mean, he's not just listening to them; he is he is headed out on an adventure,
1: like like full like all or nothing, and apparently didn't have a sleeping bag.
0: Yeah, and we know this because of uh, he has to use stones to to lay to lay his head down on right. Versus
1: yeah, to, to to rest on he rests on the stone. That's a foreshadowing. Um. So you want to look at that
0: part? Yeah. So um, I guess you want to start in
1: verse 12. 28. 12. Uh, chapter 28, verse 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, with it uh, with its top reaching to the heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will, I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out from the west to the east, to the north and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took a stone. He had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Uh, Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house. Then the Lord will will be my God, and this stone I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and all that you give me I will give you a tenth. And that was God calling, if you want to know. Oh great. Yes. So that's uh that's a really awesome um vision that took place there, thing that took place.
0: Yeah, I mean obviously God is, is revealing things to, to Jacob. Um and some of the things that jump out like to me initially is just, you know, um The stone under his head, like you said, and we know what the Christ is the capstone, and then we get the oil being poured on it, and um, he gives the place a name, which we've seen done before this point. It's important. So, um, and then of course he's, you know, his whole if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am, I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, it's it's just kind of interesting. Like he's he's gonna he's gonna. Trust and rely on God in this, and um, this stuff yeah. will be God's house. And all of you, that you would give me, I would give you a tenth. I mean, the whole thing is just quite, it's quite powerful.
1: And I've actually heard, you know, some people um, talk about how the fact that Jacob, Jacob's vow, they they kind of held against him as like, oh, if God gives me food to eat and clothes to wear, uh, I've had some people point out like that was. know that's kind of arrogant or something i I don't know why but it but but if you think about it it's not because if if god isn't the one giving jacob the food and clothes and where who's he getting them from and and if if god is the one feeding him and clothing him then then the lord is his god You, you know it's 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 the whole thing of jesus saying um the lord saying even you know i you're you're naked, blind, you know. You, you don't, but you don't know it. And you, you, we need to take the clothing of salvation from Him. Well, actually, He gives it to us. We don't take it, but yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, it's it's it, it is the fact that He is His Lord that He will have those things from Him. Yeah. Um. And that, I I think. the uh, the fact that he presents himself as uh, so so the, there's the stairway and there's angels ascending and descending on it and there above it is the Lord um, and he says I am the Lord the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac well this is what Jesus says to prove that God is the God of the living and that there's a resurrection that, that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob um, which is an interesting part of this because he goes on to say all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring that's, that's the gospel, that's the Gentiles being blessed as well um, that we know from Genesis chapter 12 when Abraham first receives it and then Galatians, Paul reveals that that was the gospel being announced ahead of time Um, So we're seeing that now, too.
0: Right.
1: Did you have the John verse with Nathaniel? Let me see. There's something interesting that takes place with It's in chapter one. Versus one uh, Verse fifty.
0: Oh um, yeah, he believed because I saw you under the fig tree you shall
1: see. You. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, so so when when Nathaniel Philip brings Nathaniel Nathaniel, um and he's approaching Jesus, Jesus says something random here is a true Israelite in whom there's nothing false. Um, and, and what he's going to say after this is going to tie him to Jacob, uh, who became Israel. But it's just interesting uh, that we'll get back to that part. But let me let me keep reading. Um, How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, "I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you." Then Nathaniel declared, "Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel." Jesus said. You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. uh, He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Uh, Which is the very thing that Jacob saw, except in Jacob's uh, vision, when he saw it, the Lord was at the top in heaven. Um, and the angels were descending to the earth. And Jesus says, you'll see the angels. Well, you know, it could be vice versa, though. It, it looks like that Jesus, you know, he's going to be on the earth and the angels are ascending and descending. Yeah. Huh. but but the fact that he says here's a true israelite in whom there is nothing false
0: that is yeah
1: and we know what that means it, it doesn't mean he's a true israelite because he's not a liar it means he's a true israelite because he's credited righteousness right so therefore there's a true israelite and there's there's an impostor almost almost like there was Esau was the true imposter of the one trying to get the blessing because he had already given it up. Um, But I I don't really um, know how to tie that up, you know, greatly, but I know that they're very connected. um, There's more to be seen with that.
0: Right, because I mean,. we what we do know in all this is that God is revealing the gospel through these men very early on. I mean, we, and, and it's not just, it's not just because we can see some of the obvious things, but, you know, it, even, um, like the rich man, I mean, I've talked about this a lot with Lazarus, um, and Abraham says, you know, they have the prophets and that, that should be enough for them to see even if someone raises from the dead they won't believe if they don't believe them and that includes what's happening here you know
1: yeah definitely all
0: so. right There's just so much to Jacob that I feel like we're going to have to skip over to kind of cover the the big thing. So hopefully, hopefully people will go back and look at it. I mean, because the next part we get to, you know, Jacob is, uh, well, (laughs) there's just so much more because we know that there were some things going on that we skipped in an earlier chapter when we first started talking tonight um, with the Wells and, and those kind of things and we know what water means and um, yeah so
1: yeah it's overwhelming I mean definitely
0: alright well so Jacob Jacob comes up on some some uh, during his journey he comes up to the to the land he's at a well in the field and there are flocks of sheep lying around it and the sheep are watered from the well and there's shepherds there and Jacob Jacob asks him my brothers where are you from and they'd say they're from Haran. And he said, do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? And they they knew him. And he asked if he was well. And they said, yeah, here comes his daughter Rachel with the sheep. And then in verse 7 of chapter 29, look, he said, the sun is still high. It is not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to pasture. We can't, they replied, until all the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the well. Then we will have. Then we will water the sheep, which the language there is just so big I mean I'm viewing Christ um you know with the rolling away of the of the stone um so that we can you know revealing that he's been resurrected and now we have the water that that we you know that will never thirst so it's just kind of interesting you got the sheep being gathered um so then Rachel comes up and Jacob tells her who she is and they're just, you know, super excited. Um, and Laban, yeah. she takes him to Laban and Laban says, you know, you're my own flesh and blood. So, um, kind of the beginning of a very interesting relationship.
1: Yeah. And one one verse I want to just throw in there real quick about, uh, watering the sheep and, you know, Jacob rolling the stone away, which we know that Christ is going to come through the lineage of Jacob. Um, is that Jesus in John 737 says, "If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit whom the, those who believed in him were later to receive, later to receive, obviously after the stone had been rolled away, and he had been resurrected, um, which is just going adding on to what you were talking about there. About the imagery of, of the sheep, and we know he came for the lost sheep and watering them. yeah so and, and Jacob uh, receives his bride at the well. He does, which is more uh, imagery of of, bride, of Christ basically standing there saying this to his bride, too, um, coming for his bride so uh, he meets Laban
0: yeah Laban's got two daughters Um, and Jacob you know he falls in love with Rachel and he agrees to work for Laban for seven years in return for, for Rachel's hand in marriage and Laban tells him you know it's better that I give her to you than to some other man stay here with me so Jacob serves the seven years and then Laban deceives him and gives him uh Leah, his other daughter, his firstborn, and then when daylight comes, you know um, Jacob sees that he's been with he's been with Leah, even though he thought he had Rachel um, and he says, "You know why have you deceived me and Laban says it is not our custom to give you the younger daughter in marriage before the older one." finish his daughter's bridal week, then we would give you the younger one also in return for another seven years. So Jacob does it. He finishes a week with Leah, and then Rachel becomes his wife and he serves for um seven years. Another seven years.
1: Yeah, when when he uh could have felt very much within his right not to
0: Yeah. So then we have these interesting things that happen between Leah um, and Rachel and Rachel's given a maidservant servant Bilha, and then you know you get Jacob's first um, four sons are born: uh, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Um, to Leah and Rachel wasn't bearing him any children, so she she became jealous. And um, it's kind of interesting; it reveals Jacob in, in verse thirty. Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children. She became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Um, And Jacob became angry with her and said, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Um, So she gives her maidservant and he has another son, his fifth son, Dan. Um, And then he conceives his sixth son with Bilhah, uh, Naphtali. So then Leah sees that she's not having children and gives her servant and he has a seventh son, Gad, and then his he has another one with that servant, Asher, his eighth son. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm just rambling on here, but, you know, he ends up, Um, it, it kind of goes back and forth and there, there's some things in between there that I'm sure have some meaning like the... Uh, I don't know if
1: you see anything with the mandrake thing or not, but I haven't, I haven't seen anything with that. Not that there isn't anything, I just I don't know it. Um, what one of the things big that I see is that there's this almost this competition going on for Leia to get the love of her husband. But you know, for the first three, she she speaks something about this time my husband will love me. But when she gets to Judah, who is um, you know the one that Christ will come through she says this time I'll praise the lord
0: that's pretty awesome
1: yeah so i mean what you know what the, the point of that is that you know the word is is the perfection of it and what god has done um it, it's just it's riddled with christ you know i mean it is it's about christ it, it, it all is it's all pointing to his coming um even in the in the the minor what seems to be minor details
0: yeah yeah that's awesome um so um we get the ninth son Issachar he's so Leah um is able to have children again she (coughs) has Issachar and she conceives again and named him uh Zebulon Zebulon um and then she had she does have a daughter Dinah and then, um, then it says, Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said to me, May the Lord add to me another son. So, um, I think Jacob knows what the bedroom is for. <laughs>
1: uh, but, you know, Joseph... Uh, I, this is the first time I've I've thought of this, but it says the Lord has taken away my disgrace. And Joseph was basically used to take away the disgrace of, of his other brothers, of what they had done by forgiving them and bringing them into Egypt. Yeah. Just an afterthought there. But yes, he...
0: And it's also interesting, too, that the next verse we see in 25, it says after Rachel gave birth to Joseph Jacob said to Laban, "Send me on my way, so I can go back to my own homeland." So he hasn't heard back from his mom that things are okay for his return, like she said when he left. But he has Joseph, and now he decides it's time to head back, which is very interesting too. Hmm. So we get this whole thing where where Laban, um, you know, he wants him to say stay because he's been blessing him. And he he tells him, you know, name your wages and I'll pay him. Uh, And Jacob tells him, you know, he's worked for him. He's cared for his, his livestock. And then he says, the little, um, you know how I've worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly. And the Lord has blessed you wherever I've been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? And Laban presses him and wants to give him something. Um... And Jacob said, "Don't give me anything, but if you do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks." And they have this whole dividing amongst the spotted and dark-colored, speckled and spotted sheep um, to be his wages. And then God continues to bless Jacob through that, um, even though Laban still tries to deceive him. Right. I'll I'll let you kind of pick it up from there. I feel like I'm, I'm not giving it justice. It's, It's just a. It's a lot.
1: Um no oh, no you're doing good job I I uh it is a lot uh Jacob basically accepts the imperfect sheep it's not the the clean white ones and you know it's the speckled and spotted um which is has implications too when we talk about Christ and his sheep um and Laban does constantly change it but Jacob faithfully serves him for 14 years Uh, so you you left off that he oh they they come up with a deal that Jacob will get all the speckled and spotted Um, after let me see after some time uh, Jacob or the, the the an angel appeared to Jacob and told him to go back to his homeland. Um, and so he comes to Rachel and Leah and says, basically, it's time to go home. They, uh, they leave when Laban is shearing his sheep, which means he's not around, uh, on the journey. Because one thing, Rachel stole her father's household gods on the journey laban meets them and uh is furious that jacob had done this and at this point laban doesn't find the household gods but this at this point we see exactly what jacob had been through for the last 20 years at this yeah this, this is this 20 years now um Let me find it. I have been with you in verse 38 of 31. I have been with you for 20 years now. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flock. I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself, and you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night, and sleep fled from my eyes It was like this for the 20 years I was with you, I was in your household. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks, and you changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands, and last night he rebuked you." So it's clear there what Jacob has been through for for the last 20 years. Um it definitely was not would not be good working conditions. Yeah. So they uh they come up with a, a treaty of of not crossing a line to uh, harm each other and Jacob continues uh, onward to uh meet Esau. Um and this uh, Jacob is very afraid of Esau, and they, uh, he divides his flocks up, or he, he sends a, a, basically, I mean, it, lo- it looks like a huge amount of his flocks to him to um, uh, give him a gift ahead of, of the, his family. And when they meet, Esau receives him favorably uh, with what you uh, alluded to before. I think the reason was, as Esau says, I already have plenty, my brother. Um, God has blessed Esau uh, physically with possessions, uh, along with blessing Jacob with his possessions, right? I mean, because both would come from God. And, um, Jacob goes on to, uh, live near Shechem. Um, there's one point in there that Jacob wrestles with, with an angel, with God. Um, I don't know if you want to tackle that, or I, I don't really know much about that.
0: Yeah, just trying to. I'm thinking, uh, looking ahead, we've got a good bit still to cover, I think.
1: Um, Maybe do two parts.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I was going to ask you if you think we should do two parts.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, okay. I think I think it'd be a shame to pass over some some of this stuff. So.
0: Okay. So th- this is probably a good. Spot to stop because this is a, a really interesting, very interesting spot um, as we see Jacob's life play out some more, um, and and it would be nice to kind of cover his uh, what happens when he when he meets with Esau again and all those kind of things. Um, so, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting as, as we progress through like kind of the different the the similarities that occur in in you know Abraham and Isaac and Jacob's lives and then the obvious differences in where God is starting to reveal more things um so it's 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 pretty neat to see and and I think it's important for us to again just to remind people listening that you know we're not at all feeling like we're recovering we we know that the scriptures are deep beyond I mean, immeasurably deep. And there's so much to be seen in this and, and I hope that others will share what they've seen in it. But um yeah, so I, I think that just kinda you know, looking at what we looked at today, Kenny, just the part that always really stands out to me with Jacob is his willingness to to serve Laban those years. And just thinking of, you know, in my own life how quickly impatient I can be with something and yet he he has this character um that uh is pretty pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and and I mean he he uh he has a perspective, it seems. Uh, I mean, I guess God gave him that perspective, but uh just what you said, I mean, the, the only way you could serve like that is to have a different perspective other than the the pain of the situation you're in. I think that that was a, that's a gift from God. Um yeah. Yeah
0: great well um, I guess I'll close this since uh, you opened us off air so dear Heavenly Father uh, thank you for this opportunity to uh, dig into your word again um, with uh, with Kenny and I thank you for the encouragement that 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 provides Lord I thank you for the opportunities we have um, and the examples that you give us that we can go into it and you reveal to us um, things Lord and there's some things that we're not going to see it first or understand, um, but that's okay, and it's okay for us to go to you and ask for you to to reveal it to us. Um, and if it's your will, you'll do so, and and um, and if not, Lord, that we can find comfort in knowing that you are sovereign and it, and it is completely and a hundred percent true and infallible. Um, so, Lord, I just thank you that you give us the opportunity to question, um, Lord, and you, you are ultimately. Um, As we see in Jacob, this patience, it does not even come close to comparing with the patience that you show with us as a loving father. So, Lord, I thank you for these stories. Um, And I thank you that they're not just stories um, Lord. that they're not just literal, actual events that did occur, but they're also figurative and that they're pointing to this redemptive story that you have um, set up that is not about us, Lord, but it's about you. And the glory that you have, that is also immeasurable. Um, so I thank you again for this, just this time, the opportunity Kenny and I have to to dig into this, and in, despite being in two um, completely different states, and um, and that we can continue to grow our friendship and our um, unity as brothers in you. And we thank you for your son, and that you have credited us with the uh, the righteousness. Um, Lord, that you, the same righteousness that you credited Abraham with. um, It's very humbling, and we know we don't deserve it, but we thank you that you have um, given it to us. Lord, we pray all this in your name. Amen.
1: Amen.